In today's show, I'm joined by Mitch Casey of the Ball Boys, who you may have seen on this show before, or you may have seen their YouTube channel. We're going to talk about some early takeaways from NBA Summer League. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So we're going to talk Summer League. I'm going to do a full wrap-up of Summer League once it's over. But now I thought I'd get Mitch in and we'll have a chat about what we've seen in the early days of Summer League. So why don't we just get him in? All right. So here he is back on the show. Mitch Casey, welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Josh. Good to be here. It is. It's good to have you back on, and we're going to talk the first few days of the summer leagues that we have seen, and just some things that stand out. Not a full overview of every player in summer league. We're just looking at some things that have stood out. We're going to do uh, three of those each over the course of this show. Mitch, I'm going to throw it straight to you um, once I get my screen up over here. Yep, there we go. I'm going to throw it straight to you with your first one. Now, you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors and something that stood out to you over there. Yeah, so um, for me, uh, it's the one game we've seen of Moses Moody so far um, and comparing that to the other uh, performances of the Golden State Warriors' young talents, um, that being uh, Kaminga and Wiseman. I know Wiseman's been the one grabbing all the headlines. He's been the one that hasn't been playing uh, much last year. Uh, And Kaminga was obviously picked before Moody last year. But to me, um, as someone who in their big board had... Moses Moody uh, ahead of Kaminga, pretty high up in my my rankings last year. I'm I'm happy to see him performing really well, and and he really shone in his first and only game uh, in summer league, and and almost demonstrated that he's too good for summer league, basically, which is what you want to see your your second year players kind of uh, ascending to at this type time in their career. So I'm very encouraged by the fact that uh, of how Moses looked, and I, and I do still believe that he's going to be a better long-term prospect than Kaminga yeah, and Wiseman, for that matter. I also had Moody ahead of Kaminga in the draft process last season. Um, and if they had have taken those guys, switched around, and Moody at 7 and Kaminga at 14, it sort of would have been what I would have aligned with it. He did play that one game in Vegas. He scored 34. He did play two other games in the California Classic Summer League where he wasn't quite as good. He didn't shoot particularly well in those games, but still, I thought he looked pretty good. He looked active defensively. He's had five blocks across the three Summer League games that he's played yeah. as well. He's got a lot of fantasy value, I think, and... Um, is, there's a chance he's a regular rotation member this season. I guess there is the opportunity for Dante DiVincenzo to just slide into the Gary Payton minutes, but Moody's going to be pushing for those minutes. The problem you're going to have is that in that game where he scored the 34 points and he got to the line 17 times in that game, yeah, mm. he, he just that, that's a ton of usage. That's 33% usage. He had 30% usage in the two California Classic games as well. And when you're playing with Poole, when you're playing with Curry, when you're playing with Thompson you're just not going to get that opportunity. So you're yeah, providing a little bit of that defense that we saw 
is maybe a way to to get into that role. Do you, do you see him being a rotation guy ahead of DiVincenzo? Um, ahead of DiVincenzo, maybe. I, I'm not sure if it'll happen this year. I think definitely in two years' time, he's he's in there. This year, depending on how DiVincenzo looks, I, I think that he's definitely going to be, you know, you think of Jordan Poole, you think of Moody, you think of Kaminga, like they're sort of there. They're three players, Wiseman, I'm still unsure about. Um, they're going to be the guys that sort of take the mantle off the, this championship big three of of Clay, Steph, and Draymond. But I don't know if it's going to happen this year. So he is still of a patient wait in terms of dynasty. Um, but, you know, in saying that, he was a high free throw rate guy in college. Like he was someone that was one of his big drawing cards. He, he was someone that was able to handle a high usage. But like you said, the steals, the blocks um you know will be there um you know the threes will be there so i i think that they're they're definitely it wouldn't shock me if he's if he's ahead of divincenzo this year but i'm not ready to say that i'd predict it just yet he's just turned 20 he's six foot five do you think there's any way he can play uh, at the three like obviously clay is going to probably be be starting there and they lost otto porter if kaminga is going to play more than yeah, more than four who knows about Igadala? There's a lot of decisions to be made on that back end thing. So you think you could see a situation where you get, say, you know, Paul subbing in for Steph, and you get Paul Clay and Moody all playing together, or Steph Paul and Moody all playing together? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I think he's long enough. He's got the length. He's got the ability to guard up. Um, and and I think just the league going smaller in general. I think being six five with his plus wingspan, it's not an issue for him playing at the three. So I definitely do think he can play both twos and threes. All right, so here's my one that we're going to look at. The question I'll asking based on what we've seen in Summer League is Quentin Grimes from the New York Knicks. Can he challenge for a starting job? Now, I'll preface this with a few things. The Knicks guard rotation, it's there's a lot of people. They just signed Jalen Bronson. There's Evan Fournier. There is Derek Rose. There is Emmanuel Quickly. And probably when you look at it, Grimes is the fifth guy out of that group, meaning... In a Tom Thibodeau rotation, he probably doesn't get to play too much considering yeah, RJ Barrett will start at the three and maybe they put Cam Reddish, although I don't think Cam Reddish is very good. But Grimes has been great in these two summer league games. He's scored averaging 24 points per game. It's a huge usage, 34%, but he's getting assists as well. He's defending well. He's getting to the line a lot. I think there is a legitimate chance. It is going to be tough, but the way that he plays defense... It could endear him to uh, Thibodeau in his second season. There is a chance that with Fournier's struggles, the starting lineup struggles last season, that he could elevate himself even into the starting lineup next to Brunson. Um, I don't know what that means for someone like Quickly. I don't know where the hell Derek Rose fits in. That back that backcourt's going to be a mess, uh, it feels like. But Grimes has really looked too good for Summer League out there, and there is an opportunity for him to crack in and get a outsized portion of the rotation. I don't think many people will be thinking of. Have you have you seen Grimes' plays so far? Uh, yeah, he's pleasantly surprised me. He wasn't someone that I was particularly high on in going to his draft. And even last no, year, I was I was always a McBride fan over over yep. a Quentin Grimes guy. But he definitely has stepped up and, and, and shone above like a McBride so far. So, and, and the playmaking upside, I think is something that I didn't expect to see him, you know, not in tons of usage, but there's been flashes there, which I've definitely been surprised by. Um, the New York Knicks rotation, just in general, it's, it's a confusing one. I mean, I think obviously Brunson's going to be there. RJ Barrett's going to be there, but that you know, third back, or oh, sorry, the, the, the two, 
it's still up in the air to me. I, I personally would still have quickly ahead, but it's it's Tom Thibodeau. So I don't, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's expecting. And I think for me, in terms of redraft leagues, it, it's all very back-end sort of stuff and speculative sort of stuff at this stage. Um, but, I, but I'm definitely very encouraged for Dynasty Leagues on, on what Grimes can produce. Look, they've got this bunch of really interesting young players. Um, I talked about it last week in terms of these advanced stats guys who put up really big numbers, and two of the guys that really shone out were Quickly and Toppen. Um, yeah, they've just brought in Brunson, who's like 25, 26. So you could theoretically run a three-man guard rotation that's Brunson, Grimes, and Quickly and be really exciting, really fresh, really young, really energetic, and and actually pretty good. But you've got Rose that's messing that up. You've got um, Fournier, who's in that mix as well. Um, yeah, Obviously, Barrett's playing up at the three. But there's these three young guards who all could you know, or should get 27 to 33 minutes a night. And it's just going to be hard to see when you know, Thibodeau's going to just pump minutes into Rose and Fournier's going to be out there as well. So while we're encouraged by it, Context is super important. Yeah, Grimes are not getting 34% usage playing in that Knicks team where there's Barrett, there's Brunson, there's Rose, there's Fournier, there's Randall, there's Toppin. Like, he's just not getting those touches. So he needs yep. to work it a different way. So while we're encouraged, and maybe he does start, if he does start, he'd be like a very low usage 3 and D sort of wing with some some upside. But there's still a real um, messy sort of situation yeah, in terms it, of it, how that looks. If it was any other team, let me put it this way. If it was any other team, I'd be much more excited. It, it, just because it's this team and this coach, um, I'm, I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical that any performance in summer league doesn't change the view or, or, or what Tom's thinking. And, you know, if it was any other team, I don't think Derek Rose plays regular rotation minutes. Um, but Tom Thibodeau just seems to love him for some reason. And um, I'm not sure if that's going to change in one off season, but we'll see. Well, at least Alec Burks is out of there now, but, you know, Brunson just... Yeah. Brunson will just slide in and take those minutes. So it is still a very big mess, that rotation. And then we haven't even talked about yeah, what happens with you know, Hartenstein and Robinson and where to stop and get his minutes. I don't know if they're coming. It's going to be a really weird situation in New York. We've got a couple more um, a couple more to talk about. I'm trying to bring it up because I've just completely forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, where is it? There it is. Um, we're going to talk Houston Rockets in just a second. Before we get to that, I'm going to tell you about Bilt Bar because maybe I should have had a Bilt Bar this morning and I haven't had one because I'm obviously not fueled up as much as I need to be because Bilt Bar is not only delicious, it is absolutely healthy for you as well. And they've got a new one, Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. A lot of words in that, but it tastes as good as it sounds. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. The puffs, they're great. It's like a marshmallowy flavoring, filling, and these things are all healthy. Low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein as well. And the proteins are collagen protein, really easily absorbed. So you can get yourself a healthy treat, get yourself something after the gym, pump that protein into your body, and do it without feeling any guilt. The delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com. Order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use the code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15. Built Bar is, of course, built different. Mitch, is Tari Eason built different? Uh, I think so. He's um, he's one of my favorites in this draft. He was, uh, I guess you could say, a, a my guy of mine. Um, the only thing that concerns me or, or hits a bit bit of a pause for me is his age. Um, but everything I've seen from Summer League is right in line with what I was viewing him. I sort of see him as a top top 10 prospect in this draft, um, just with his defensive ability to get steals, blocks. Um, he gets rebounds. He, he puts up points. 
He's someone who I think can definitely develop into a shooter as well. Um, I just really like him. I like his energy. And I think um, I've got, I've, I mentioned here that I think he's this year's Shengun. And what I mean by that is that he's got a tantalizing fantasy profile that if he does get minutes, he's going to be a, a very valuable dynasty and fantasy asset. The question is, is he going to get minutes and um, is he going to get minutes in time to be relevant for fantasy this season? Um, so I think last year the ball boys were hot on Shangoon and, and maybe, maybe too hot. Maybe we were too excited too early. Um, I, I can see the ball boys definitely falling into that trap again this year with um, Tari. I, I'm a little bit more encouraged because I don't know if there's like a Christian Wood in front of Tari Eason this year that there was for Shangoon. There's a few other sort of lower level talents that are stopping him from getting starters level minutes or, or minutes in the mid twenties. Um, so I'm a little bit more encouraged in his path to minutes than Shangoon, but I think he does, definitely has a huge fantasy upside. All right. So let, let's pour some water on this. Um, the, the, I wanted you to expand on what you meant by Shangoon because uh, obviously they're very different players. They've cleared out yes. the space for Shangoon this season. Eason is a very interesting fantasy prospect. He still hasn't shown me that he can shoot 25% from three across the first two games. It was part of his issue, I thought, um, projecting into the NBA where the shooting was there. He's rebounded well. Defensive stats, all really good. Um, but in terms of opportunity, he is really... Maybe he can play the three, but he's a four. And the problem I have there, Mitch, is that the guy that they drafted to pick number three is a four. So I know who's going to be prioritized. It's going to be Jabari Smith. So where does Eason fit into that group? Like, he's just going to... Probably does he get the backup minutes there? Jay Sean Tate's best position also is the four. And there's KJ Martin who's agitating for a trade or for more minutes, who's also a four. Now I think Eason can get ahead of KJ Martin pretty quickly. Um, they've also still got Eric Gordon on this roster, who's gonna take if he's there, he's gonna play those minutes at the three. And there's Josh Christopher, who's looking pretty good as well, who's gonna need minutes, yeah. and he can't get him at the two, and he probably can't get him at the one. So he's gonna have to get some of them at the three as well. So I don't see Eason pushing down to the three. I do like Tari. I just think the fact that he does... I, I don't know how him and Jabari can work together. Maybe they can, although I don't I don't really see Jabari as being able to play three or Tari. So that gives me a little bit of concern there. I would have loved to see Tari go to another team that didn't just draft someone in his same position 14 spots earlier. That's some of my concern. But he's been really impressive. I... This is a hot take. It's through two games. He's looked probably better than Jabari Smith in the two summer league games. Doesn't mean doesn't mean yeah. anything for the future. Like it does not mean that he's a better player or he's a better prospect. No. But in those two games, I think he's looked better. Um, but when it comes to prioritization during the season, he's just going to be. I think he's going to be pushed way down. And I don't think I don't think you're going to get the chance to have the hype of Shengun because he's just not going to get that level of time really at all early on. Yeah, I think. Well, I would say that. First of all, Tari doesn't need 30 minutes a night to be fantasy no, relevant. No. So that would be my first point. Um, so even if he can get like a 24-minute a night role, I think that that's enough to, to be a back-end uh, fantasy asset. I also think that I, I would disagree. I think I think um, Jabari could play a bit of the three. I think he's got the lateral quickness and he does have the ability to space the floor. Um, you can definitely yeah, do and, that. And, and you might be able to even get some small ball Tari Eason at the five or, or, or Jabari at the Jabari five. Jabari at the five, There's yeah. There's a lot of flexibility there. And I think they've already experimented with Jabari playing at the five. I know he was playing against um, Chet in their game yep. uh, for stretches in that game. So they're experimenting and there's no real clear backup. You've got Garuba there. You've got um, Blanken else, maybe another big man on no, the it's roster. Just I think it's just Garuba. I can't think of any it's other just center Garuba? there. Yeah, yeah so, so there's, there's definitely a void of backup center minutes in Houston. So I think there's a lot of flexibility. I would definitely have him ahead of someone like a Tate 
Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but they, the thing is, they just signed Tate to this contract, so he can't even yeah. be traded straight away. I'm not the mass. I think Tate's friendly deal. It's a, it's a great deal for the team, but it just means he can't be traded for six months after that deal. Yeah. So it's not like they can get rid of him and, and open up. But maybe they do it later on in the year. I I think Tate fits perfectly on a team that's not the Rockets. You know, if he was to go to, you know, not the Clippers because they've got a million wings, but a, a team like maybe the Bucks and, and and play in a 20 minute a night reserve role, pushing up to 26, 27 at times in the playoffs. Like that's where he fits, not on a rebuilding team when he's 26, 27. And, and yeah, he's at best an eighth man on, on a solid team. So I don't really know where he fits, but I think they had to give him that contract. But I think he is some, I think they'll play him and that, and maybe when we hit March, Maybe he is traded at the deadline, Tate, and then that opens up more for Eason. I, I, I really like Eason. I just think that there's maybe not maybe not that part. He's impressed me for sure. Maybe there's not that pathway to yeah. relevance immediately. And it's one where we've got to be a little bit patient with it, I think. Would you rather take um, Eason or someone like uh, Walker Kessler or Mark Williams in a dynasty rookie draft? <sighs> okay. I think... See, that's... That- yeah, that's kind of where I have him in that kind of clump. I think I do. From memory, that's where I have him as well. I think that in terms of players that you probably want on an NBA court to contribute to winning, then he is the guy, right, over those two. But those other two players might play twenty three minutes a night, twenty six minutes a night. They Walker Kessler might block three shots a game one season, and for fantasy, that pushes yeah. him. You know, yeah, we so we've seen Hassan Whiteo be a top twenty player while also being terrible, and I think that the fact that Kessler's now moved to an opportunity where there's actually nobody ahead of him, he, there is no other center on that roster, and Williams has got to battle Mason Plumley. Like those guys might actually put up just gigantic enough field goal percentage and block numbers that even if their real life value is nowhere near what Eason's is, that that fantasy value will still dwarf it because of the opportunity they've got. Yeah. So I reckon I, I would I, just, I would take them even though I don't love them long term as winning huge winning pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's just opportunity. I, mm. I, I kind of just see Eason outlasting those other two players as relevant NBA that's, players that's and, and, and think that there's value there. Eason's a, yeah, a little bit older as well. They, like he's twenty he's turned yeah. twenty one a few months ago. But yeah, I, I still this makes it sound like I'm shitting on him. I, I still really like him as a player. Um, and it's, he's got that great fantasy skill set. But I want to talk about someone. If you want to talk about someone to shit on, let's talk about this guy because Kai Jones looks terrible. We just talked about Charlotte and Mark Williams, and they traded a first round pick to get Kai Jones, who then the Knicks traded that first round pick to get Cam Reddish. I was just thinking about that first round pick today. Man, just like two wastes of a first round pick. Uh, it's been yeah. traded twice. Uh, Jones just looks really bad. I, 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 they drafted Mark Williams, obviously, this season. I think Williams should already be ahead of him, even though Williams hasn't necessarily dominated so far at Summer League. The I just don't know what Kai brings. He's still he's still youngish. He wasn't super old last season. Um, but as a second-year guy, you you got to go out there and do more than look bad in summer league. And I, I just, I don't know, man. Have you, have you seen anything from Kai Jones that makes that, you know, we yeah. have any faith? I, I just think he's going to go the way of like, maybe he can have like a you know, fifth year in the NBA, Damian Jones type resurgence where he can turn into a fringe starter after looking trash for three years. But at the moment, he just doesn't look anywhere close to being NBA ready. Yeah, look, it's it's a shame because I actually, I was a, a a big Kai Jones fans in, in, in the draft. I think I had it pretty high, but I think I've already recently said that that's, I put my hand up and I think that's one I got wrong. I don't, I don't think he, 
the fact that last year JT Thor was getting minutes over him, yep. who himself was a bit of a project, um, and how he's looked so far in summer league. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. I sort of had flagged him as a bit of a Christian Wood type, someone who, you know, has the physical tools, has the maybe he can develop a touch on the outside, but just when he's competing with players like a Mark Williams, it should have it's sort of the fact that they drafted Mark Williams when they invested the capital in JT Thor and him last season sort of tells you that what the Hornets are thinking. Um, so I just, yeah, it's, it's not looking good for Kai Jones. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely souring on him when I was pretty high on him last year and sort of already uh, starting to admit the fact that I might've got him wrong. I wanted to bring him up mainly because I was I was really low on him last year. I think I had him as a second round guy, and I think I had JT Thor ahead of him in the pre-draft process. So when I looked at him, he went, "Oh, you're trash." Maybe that was me looking at, "Hey, I'm just trying to justify my own priors on that." So I'm glad to hear that you know you I'm not yeah. just like, "Hey, look at me, look uh, I was I knew Kai Jones was bad, that sort of thing." So I wanted to sort of get another opinion, but I just don't I, I just don't see it with him at all, and I, I don't know yeah. it might come. And he's young, and while people love to throw throw out the big men take time thing, that's usually not the case. Big men often, if they're good, they show it absolutely straight away. Some of them hmm. take some time, and then they develop into the 50th best center in the NBA. But the the good ones actually, yeah, they, they show stuff straight away, and he has shown me absolutely nothing um, so far. Next one. This is your last take from Summer League. We're staying with big men, and actually... There is a Charlotte Hornets theme with this one, Mitch, because yeah, the yeah. Hornets drafted this guy and decided to trade him for, let's be honest, nothing. And it's Jalen Duran, who you think is tiers above the other centers that we have seen at Summer League. And to be honest, I, it's really it's hard to disagree with that. He, he looks so much better than the other centers drafted this year, just on the eye test. Um, the fact that they drafted him and then traded him when he fell in their lap at pick oh, 13. I was apoplectic. Um, just, yeah, I, I was watching the draft. Callum and I watching the draft and thinking this is the greatest thing that could happen for oh. Charlotte. They can draft him. They can get an AJ Griffin at, at 15 and, and off they go. But yeah, just the, like comparing him to Mark Williams, he looks so much more um, energetic. He can move a lot better. He it, looks it like, looks he like Dwight to Howard. play a lot better. He, he looks like a beast. And the fact that he's only 18 and a half years old, mm-hmm. um, it just gets me very excited. He's he's rocketed pretty clearly to the top of my big man rankings in Dynasty Leagues. Um, I know that they've uh, signed or, or re-signed Marvin Bagley and they've got a few other random pieces there, but I, I wouldn't be worried about that. I, I think this guy's just going to take that job away from all of them and, and take it away pretty quickly because uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged with what I've seen from him so far. I'm really encouraged, except that their coach is an idiot. So that gives me some level of pause. But what I am encouraged with is Isaiah Stewart's playing the four, and he's actually doing it really comfortably. He's bombing threes. He's hitting them. Now, ideally, if the coach... Great bloke, Dwayne Casey. Top bloke. One of the best blokes going around. Coaching decisions, yeah, not not ideal. Mm. If I was him, and I'm not, but if I was him... Isaiah Stewart, you start at the four. Jalen Duran, you start at the five. But what they're going to do, most likely, is try out Marvin Bagley and Stewart at the five and then bring Nerlens Noel in as the backup center. Yeah. Because, you know, when you can always deprioritize shooting, you've got to do it. Especially when your other guys, you know, Cade has some struggles and then Killian Hayes can't shoot and Jaden Ivey's not a great shooter. Uh, getting Stewart and Duran, not that Duran can shoot, but Stewart's showing a little bit and Bagley's never going to do that. No. That's my worry. But, 
the talent's there. Like to me, he's clearly better than what Stewart is and is going to be. He's clearly better than Bagley. Um, yeah, Noel, we we know about where he sits there. So getting Duran in, I think it might be slow to begin with, Mitch, and he might play twenty minutes a night, eighteen minutes a night, and we'll be sitting here and going on about it for months. Like give him minutes, give him minutes, give him minutes, and it might come in March. But I, I with. Casey, and I actually have the same worry a little bit with Mark Williams and Steve Clifford, notorious rookie hater, that he might not play, will get too much of Mason Plumley in uh, in Charlotte down there. But I agree, Duran looks great. I think we've got to consider him like really high up. Okay, ready? This is, let's do hot, hot takes. I didn't mean this to be a hot take show, but this is inspiring I me. I think there is a legitimate chance, and by legitimate, I mean like probably 30% chance of this happening, that in three years' time, we look back and... Duren's been a better prospect or better fantasy asset than Jabari Smith. All right. Uh, Ooh, hot. And and potentially a better fantasy asset than his teammate Jaden Ivey. I just think well, I was I'm more likely to go there. I, okay. I think that he's probably a better fantasy asset long term than Jaden Ivey. I, I I'm high on Jabari. I, I think he'll work it out. Okay. My issue with Jabari is that I don't think he can actually ramp up into big usage and be a number one offensive guy. There is some defensive stuff there, but maybe he is maybe he's like low lower usage of Rudy Gay. Like oh, maybe, maybe that's I, I don't know. I still, I still, if you had, you know, gun to my head, and surely there's no fantasy leagues where guns are involved. But oh, if, if someone's had a gun to my head and say, would you take Jabari or, or Duran? I'd still take Jabari. But I, I think if we revisit this in two, three years' time, it might, it might seem a little bit different with that yeah. one. He, he's been impressive. I kind of see him as like, a, if, if you think of like an Anyeka Okongwu um, a couple of years ago, like mm. he sort of had to bide his time behind a Clint Capella, and it looks like. I mean, hopefully, we still don't really know yet, but it looks like he is starting to, to you know, chip away at that. And, and eventually, when he does get minutes, he's going to be a big fantasy asset. I kind of see Duran like that, but maybe with yep. less competition in front of him than like a Clint Capella. So if uh, you can afford to be patient, I think he can be a big win. If he blows up, Duran, like there's a real chance he just plays 27 from the outset. Him and Stewart are the front court, which again is exactly what they should do as opposed to spending $37.5 million guaranteed money on Marvin Bagley. They could just start Stuart and Duran together. They won't, but they should. And I'd be really interested to see what ends up happening there. Now, my last take, this is not a hot take at all. It's nothing really exciting, but Paulo Bancaro just looks good. Like he just, first game, he just looks good. Like he just did yeah. what we thought he could do. Hey, he can score. He can get his own shot. He can, he played all right defensively. He can pass. He can set others up. He is going to have, um, yeah, I had him in that, in tier one in my dynasty rankings, it was Chet, then Paolo. I had him top two in my actual NBA draft big board. I had him at two with Chet at one. Absolutely nothing has changed with that. And that's what you want. You were the number one pick. Had your top two in dynasty, top two on the big board. You've gone and shown me exactly that. And that yeah, comparison that yeah, I spoke to, I can't remember if it was Raf or it was Andre on the show. We talked about you know Detroit Pistons era, Blake Griffin type of guy, like 2010, or 24, 10, 4, 5 assists in his peak. Uh, abs- it's two games in Sub League, which means nothing. But everything that we thought is what we've seen, I think, so far. Yeah, uh, I've been most impressed by his... Uh, one of the big flags with him was his defensive intensity and his yep. like, you know, lack of concentration at times. And I, I haven't seen anything like that so far in Summer League. Now, obviously, like you said, it's only been a small sample size. So let's play it out through the entire NBA season um, and we'll see. But... I think he's done enough for me. I think I initially had Jabari, like before I'd seen anything play, I had Jabari ahead of him in dynasty so rankings, but but in the same tier. 
I think he's done enough for me to move him ahead of Jabari. Yep. I still would have Chet personally as a tier on his own, um, especially from what we've seen from him. Um, and then I would have I would have Paolo second in, in sort of like a tier two, maybe half a tier above Jabari. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely been impressive. And I think as a safe bet for a fantasy contributor, there's no one really more locked in than, than Apollo. I don't remember where I saw this and it was probably nothing or nobody that posted. It might have been a Reddit post. I don't know. But someone was like, no, nah, I don't think that we can draft Paolo for fantasy this season because the Magic will just bring him off the bench and play him 20 minutes a night because oh, no. they're absolutely stuffed. There's Bumba and there's Carter and there's Isaac and there's a kick. It's like, no, 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 no. Now he's coming no. in. He's playing like that is that is your number one guy. Absolutely. From day one, he will play those minutes and everyone else can adjust around that. That's, that's how I saw it at the time. Uh, and that's you know, how I see it. Now, like, I think he is, yeah, you, you, hit, you hit the right move with that. I still would have taken Chet, but for that roster, what he it's does, it, it's it's great. And I've really been impressed with what I have seen. I've also been impressed, Mitch, by talking to you today. And it's great to have you back on the show to chat no about the Summer League. Um, tell everyone what you guys are doing over at uh, Ball Boys at the moment. Yeah, so Ball Boys NBA and Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball, you can hit us up on Twitter, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever the case may be. We're talking fantasy basketball. We also talk a bit of NBA basketball here and there as well, some real-life rankings and things like that. We've just gone through a lot of the draft stuff, so if you want our draft takes and where we have all the young prospects, you can check out some of those videos. Um, You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm always throwing out um, weird and wonderful takes on there. But um, when the fantasy basketball preseason gets underway, you'll be seeing a lot of content from us uh, trying to help you win your leagues. So go and check out Mitch over on YouTube and the podcast. And of course, Mitch will be back on over the next couple of months and we'll do mock drafts together and we'll have chats. Mitch, it's been great having you back on. Thanks for coming. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure. And that will do it for me today. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. And for your second listen every day, why don't you get up to date on everything around the NBA in just 30 minutes with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA is your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, why don't you thumb me up? Why don't you leave your comments down below? Let me know. What are your summer league takes? Drop them in the comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.